Well, hello and welcome to episode two of Monkeys and Dogging. And first of all, I want to say a huge thank you to everyone who has uh, sent some good feedback for me for episode one, who's followed me on Twitter, uh, who's taken the time out to send messages. It's been really touching. I've been so pleased to receive everyone's support. Please keep spreading the word. Um, I'm trying to get out there to as many car share fans as I can uh, through different mediums, Facebook, uh, all social media, word of mouth, etc. So really appreciate everything you guys are doing uh, to help support the podcast. So here comes episode two then, and it's arguably one of my favourite episodes. It, of course, has the infamous dogging scene uh, in this episode, which has got to be, for me, probably up there in the top top five of comedy scenes ever. Um, And that's saying something, it really is. Um, Especially for a a sitcom connoisseur like myself, uh, as I mentioned on the first pod, a huge fan of the likes of Only Fools and Horses, One Foot in the Grave, Royal Family, Forty Towers, and many, many others. So it's a huge compliment to the writers of Car Share that I think this uh, dogging scene is right up there. The whole episode, to be honest, is funny. Uh, It includes some fantastic uh, moments and a lot of really, really good music as well, as most Car Share episodes do, to be fair. Um, I want to say that I have already had some people wanting to come onto the podcast um, as a guest or certainly contribute to some of the episodes and I would really encourage that. Um, I I don't really want to be doing it just on my own to be honest, Um, get sick of the sound of my voice and it'd be great to share uh, my love of car share and and look back at these different episodes with different people. I know some of the great podcasts that are out there um, like uh, One Foot in the Podcast for example have um, really had some great episodes where they've had someone else on um, to sort of uh, bounce off, so to speak. So yeah, please, please do get in touch. Uh, gonna give my um, Twitter handle uh, a bit of a plug. Early doors at um, and underscore dogging. <laughs> Put my teeth in this week at and underscore dogging. Um, please do get in touch. Drop me a DM. Follow me, and uh, it'd be great to to at least give you a shout out, if not get you live on this show. With that in mind, uh, with that in mind, I wanted to say uh, thank you, especially to Jamie Pragnall. Uh, Jamie has helped review this episode, um, so thanks a lot for that, Jamie. And uh, you, you've done a sp- fantastic job. You, you've actually noticed a few things that I certainly have never noticed. So uh, we're obviously um, come on to those moments as the pod goes go, goes on. But uh, yeah, thanks, Jamie, for that. So episode two, then uh, we kick off with a great song. Birdhouse in Your Soul. Uh, and it contains, arguably for me, one of the best lyrics in musical history, full stop. Um, not to put too fine a point on it, say I'm the only bee in your bonnet. Class lyrics. Um, and the episode starts off with John and Keeley um, guessing the band. Uh, and uh, of course, uh, the band was, John gets this right, of course, they might be giants. What can we just take a moment to acknowledge what a cool name for a band that is? They might be giants. Um, I'm sure a lot of you listening may not have even heard of this band. They've been around a long time. Now, I may have uh, mentioned in episode one, at least once, hopefully, that this is not just a podcast. It's an education. So here's some geeky moments coming up. Uh, Geeky klaxon. So this band... Um, they might be giants, have actually had 22 albums and sold 4 million records. Uh, They also made a song for the SpongeBob SquarePants musical in 2016. Uh, This song that kicks off this Karsha episode actually reached number six in the UK charts. It was their highest chart position in the UK. So uh, Martika's Kitchen we had last week, and uh, I mentioned that it would be great to make contact uh, with the people involved in the band. And 
I must admit, I haven't uh, pursued that any further just yet, but I certainly think I would like to add Birdhouse in Your Soul to the list. How cool would it be to get uh, one of the band on to the pod in the future? Uh, it is a quality song. It's a vintage song from 1989, and John and Keely effectively uh, do a duet. Uh, do a really good duet, actually, considering, again, you know, this is early on in their uh, car share relationship. Uh, they do some fantastic singing, and uh, interestingly, um, Keely just touches John's arm again, um, they had lots of little touches in episode one and uh, we were talking about the fact that uh, I think that certainly suggests that uh, Kaylee has feelings for John. Um, as I mentioned last week, I'm no expert, but uh, in the field of dating uh, and uh, affection, it certainly would appear to be an indication that uh, you have feelings for someone, even if you just do uh, little touches here and there. When I say touches, that sounds really dodgy. Of course, it's not meant like that. It's just little huggy high fives whatever um don't want to go down that road um so uh, so yeah and Kaylee interestingly shows a bit of a naive side not for the first time this episode when uh, she says oh I thought this song was actually by the Muppets uh, <laughs> the conversation then moves on to them talking about uh, John picking his mum up at the airport the night before and he explains that he was a bit delayed because he had to go to the shop for bits Kaylee queries what he means by bits, and John, of course, explains uh, bread and milk, for example, bits. I got this straight away. It'd be interesting to hear from you guys. Did you get that reference when he sort of said, I needed to get bits in for it? it, it again, it's a bit of an old fashioned phrase. Um, probably, I, I mean, I certainly remember it, and it's probably, dare I say it, more of a northern thing than a southern thing, and I'm saying that as a southerner, um, but I certainly get um, what John means. It's kind of when someone comes back from holiday, it's making sure they've got uh, fresh milk in the fridge, um, you know, they've got bread. <laughs> it seems quite archaic in today's sort of 24-7 culture that we live in. But again, this is the reason why I love the show. It's pie and chips, as I said last week, isn't it? Um, interestingly as well, John explains that he was he ended up at the co-op late shop. That really is Stone Age, isn't it? You know, most supermarkets now, and even back a few years ago when this was filmed, um, had uh, 24-hour places. Um, but yeah, he, um, he, he said obviously that delayed him. His brother Paul is mentioned in this scene. And um, again... Correct me if I'm wrong, because uh, obviously I'm going through the episodes again one by one for the pod, but I'm pretty sure we don't meet Paul at all, do we, in the um, in the complete series of Car Share? So uh, perhaps that's a character that we can um, look at and imagine what he uh, is like in, in a future pod. Um, so uh, we now get uh, to John talking back to Kaylee about uh, how her makeup party went, and Kaylee explains that the makeup party was cancelled, and then makes a flippant comment, which leads to one of my favourite parts of this episode and this series all together. I just went dogging instead. Come again? Eh? What? Virgin V, it's next Monday. Look at the Virgin V, you went dogging? Yeah, well, we can be neighbour. There was nothing on telly, so we just went up the backfield. Dogging? Yeah. As in dogging? Yeah, dogging. Well... Well, you've opened my eyes. What do you mean? You went dogging? Yes! And who's this Ken fella? Ken, my next door neighbour. Oh, he's in his 80s now, but he's very active. Sounds like it. Beautiful blue eyes. I think that's a glaucoma. I have to link him through the woods. That you do. Dirty old bastard. What? What's your problem? Notes. It is a shame for him, though. He usually takes Maggie, but she's on her last legs. Who's Maggie? It's Cocker. A Cocker? Spaniel. A dog? Well, what else? So Doggins with a dog? Are you slow, John? Of course Doggins with a dog. What else would Doggin be? She didn't have sex outdoors with people watching. Are you up your... What? Why are, you... Why are you asking me that? Sick. <laughs> you are sick, John. Why? Sick. You said you went dogging outdoors. What am I supposed to think? In the park with my dog. Dogging with my dog, Misty. So you go dog walking, you don't go dogging. Well, it's the same thing. They're not the same thing. Are the others the same thing? They're a million miles apart. Well, you've been living on the moon. Dog walkers are doggers. I've even got a car sticker that says doggings for life, not just for Christmas. People are always beeping. Bet they are. I'm bloody bet they are. 
absolutely first class. Uh, it's one of the few comedy scenes that actually genuinely makes me laugh out loud. However many times I've seen it, I still laugh out loud. And that happens very, very rarely, to be fair. Where do we start? So many funny bits. I think for me, my favourite bit is the fact that um, there's reference to the cocker. Uh, when Kaylee explains about Ken's cocker, uh, the spaniel, and uh, John just says, cocker? It's cocker. Um, <laughs> with the whole context of the dogging, it's it's just brilliant writing. It's just really, really funny. The reactions, John's face. Um, for some reason, even Kaylee's dog's name, Misty, makes me laugh. Um, Kaylee even says, of course, that she has a, a car sticker. Uh, dogging is for life, not just for Christmas. And she says, people are always beeping their horns. Uh, and John just says, I bet they are. Brilliant. Um, Reignition by R. Kelly is in the background. Uh, perhaps with R. Kelly's uh, misdemeanours in the last few years, we're best to uh, not dwell on that any longer. It's interesting. I did think that Kelly refers to a card. But um, again, correct me if I'm wrong. I haven't seen all the episodes really super recently, but I don't think we see see it or it's talked about again. Um, obviously, Kaylee does take over the car uh, in a future episode where John has a fall, of course, when he's posting a letter. So we know she can drive, but we never see the car or, or hear it mentioned. Now, I did do a little bit of research on your behalf, because that's the sort of chap that I am, uh, regarding car stickers and dogging. And you can buy an I Love Dogging car sticker on Amazon. Yeah, don't all rush on that website straight away. It might crash. And of course, you know, on these websites, it says people that bought this frequently also bought this or, uh, you know, these things were bought together. I found this very interesting. So I love dogging and I love bum sex and follow me to the gay bar, uh, were apparently frequently brought together. So draw your own conclusions, people, there. Um, so yeah, that's that's the first part of the um, sort of dogging element of the episode, if you like. Um, the second bit is to come in the second half of the episode, but um, I had to play you the whole, the whole thing there. It's just, for me, it's just absolutely superb. Now, we then move on, uh, and we quickly realise that there's a... There's a tinge of sadness to this episode because Ted has died. We've only had him for one episode, uh, Trolley Man Ted, who um, I provided um, some guess, guessing games in my first podcast as to kind of what life uh, Ted had been living. Um, unfortunately, he's been taken from us all too soon in just episode two. And we quickly find out that Ted did die in a trolley-related incident. Uh, Kaylee says it's been... Uh, it's very sad because Ted's been collecting a trolley since 1982. Uh, John quickly corrects her by saying, well, that's strange because the shop didn't open to 1990. And it's Diane on food. She's the culprit. She was to stir in episode one. And uh, she's come back again with some um, ridiculous uh, suggestions uh, that um, Ted had been working since 1982 doing the trolleys. Um, John, very knowledgeable, actually. Clearly, he had um, uh, done a bit of research or, or, or taken the time out, perhaps, to speak to uh, Ted over the past few months and years because uh, he informs us that uh, Ted was the youngest of 12 and that the family came to the UK in the 1960s from Nigeria. And he's a champion trampolinist. And famously, in one of the highlights of Ted's life, no doubt, and apparently when he could be seen at his happiest was when he bounced for hours in the car park in a fundraiser for Help the Heroes. Now, I'm glad I um, hadn't watched episode two too recently because um, in episode one, uh, the first podcast, uh, of course, I, I made some, uh, some assumptions about what I thought about Ted's life. And I hadn't guessed, to be honest, that he uh, had been a champion trampolinist. But there we go. Very talented man. And Kaylee, of course, says, yep, Ted was very fit for his age. And uh, John can't resist uh, a, a dig uh, back at Kaylee, uh, going back to the uh, the dogging scene. Uh, and John suggests that uh, Ted would certainly give her neighbour Ken a run for his money. So we soon realise that uh, uh, they're following the hearse and they've had the morning off work for the funeral. Jamie Pragnall uh, messaged me to say he found this quite interesting because they are actually in their work uniform. So um, assuming they've been to the funeral and it looks like they're now coming back to the 
um, the supermarket for perhaps a wake or whatever. But but certainly they've. It does seem a bit strange. They are in their um, their work gear, doesn't it? Unless perhaps that was Ted's request. Perhaps he um, a bit of a strange one, admittedly. But perhaps he he wanted. You know, some people don't want people dressing up in black for their funerals. So perhaps he said, right, okay, I've been working at the supermarket for twenty five odd years. Let's uh, have everyone come in their uniform. That's loyalty for you. Um, and the flowers um, are made up in the hearse and they actually say Old Ted. I find it very amusing that he's actually referred to and known as Old Ted Blessing. Uh, assuming this has been a relatively recent nickname he's developed and he hasn't always been known as Old Ted. Uh, you know, he's not some kind of weird reversal of Benjamin Button and he, he was born old or anything like that. Um, again, there's reference to health and safety with trolleys. Uh, John mentioned it in episode one about everyone knows... Uh, you know, you shouldn't push more than 20 trolleys. And I think John mentions that uh, in the incident, perhaps Ted had, there were 26 trolleys. Um, John quickly uh, begins wondering, he's got one thing on his mind, it's the S word, shovel. Uh, he starts wondering what the etiquette is for asking a widower for their uh, a widow for their snow shovel back. Of course, we had found out in the first episode, of course, that Ted had... Uh, not t- given back uh, John his shovel that John had lent him when we had that big snow. And uh, Ted's promise of Thursday, unfortunately, never materialised. So uh, John's obviously distraught that he still hasn't got a, s- a snow shovel back. Um, and uh, then a conversation is sparked um, around what song um, they would, uh, John would have. Uh, so Kaylee triggers the conversation. What song would John have um, at his funeral? And what sparks this conversation is Kaylee's wondering what song um, that um, Ken may have at the crematorium. So in actual fact, that does suggest thinking about it now that if they're following the hearse uh, that does suggest they're on the way to the crematorium so again that does make it appear even weirder that they're in their work uniform so uh, John very wittily suggests going back to the trampolining reference for Ken that uh, perhaps the song might be jump around uh, the conversation quickly turns a little bit uh, morbid and uh, John sort of seems very surprised that Kaylee's asking him questions about his death um, and plans he's made and everything around death. And John says, you know, I'm only 39. Um, and Kaylee says, no, no, the Grim Reaper could come at any time. I love the idea of that, the Grim Reaper being a person. I find the Grim Reaper a very comedic character. Um, and uh, John sort of says that bollocks to him. Um, again, making him re- really humanise this Grim Reaper, bollocks to him, sod him. Uh, so John does eventually answer the question by Kaylee around sort of what song he would have at his funeral. And he suggests something mellow and something maybe by Enya. Uh, again, Enya was around sort of late 80s, early 90s. So again, perhaps you have to be of a certain age to have remembered Enya at the time. Um, <laughs> but I find this very interesting that John starts saying about, um, you know, the sort of music that you can have when you're having a hot bath and there's candles and it doesn't necessarily fit John's character. Um, I think I referred to him in episode one as potentially a bit of an old-fashioned, typical old-fashioned man, really, um, that doesn't uh, talk about his feelings. And it seems almost a little bit, and I don't mean this in a sexist way, but a bit girly, doesn't it? Uh, A bit romantic, actually. Um, Quite sensual to describe a hot bath with candles, that kind of um, brings upon images of romantic scenes. Um, so perhaps he shared hot baths and, and candlelit baths with, um, with, with, with exes. Um, but yeah, I found, I found that very interesting. Um, again, perhaps that's kind of uh, thinking ahead, uh, for the future. Um, perhaps, you know, in, 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 in a future time, uh, they're in that hot bath together, but, uh, we won't dwell on that thought either. Because I'm sure some of you might be eating while you're listening to this. <laughs> Bless them. Um, so Kaylee then makes a joke that there was someone at a, a school called Sarah Way. And of course she she sings Sarah Way, Sarah Way, Sarah Way. I'm tone deaf if you haven't already noticed, by the way. And of course that Sarah Way reference is uh, referring to uh, Enya's famous lyric, Sail Way, Sail Way, Sail Way. And John finds that very amusing, to be honest. Uh, he does uh, uh, laugh with that. Um, Kaylee then talks about her plans for a funeral and she's given it some serious thoughts. So she breaks it down. She starts with her ancient song and she says, that would be my heart will go on. 
she says that will get the audience crying and it's quite interesting she refers to it as audience and then John puts the right congregation uh, is the right term I, I like love the idea of um, the crowd at a funeral being an audience I quite like that actually um, and Katie says you know that's where a few poems and I've always fancied someone reading out the words from the S Club 7 song Reach and uh, she goes on to read out the lyrics which um I think it's brilliant. I think it's very, very funny. Um, but uh, the lyrics are obviously cheesy, but um, I can see where she's, she, she's coming from there. Um, and there's a bit of a, a, a slight pause within this scene uh, where, where, where um, uh, John almost looks a little bit sad. Uh, and again, perhaps might be reading a bit too much into it, but perhaps even uh, the thought of Kaylee dying. Um, at this very early stage in their relationship, friendship, whatever you want to call it, perhaps it, it, it's enough to make him sad. Um, I just found that quite interesting that, you know, he just had that slight, slight sad pause, I would refer it to. And uh, Kaylee says, that, you know, she, she's feeling emotional. She goes on to say that um, she wants White Flag by Dido played on the clarinet. She's given this some serious thought, hasn't she? And as the finale, they will play her favourite song, Never forget by Take That as the curtains shut. Um, <laughs> they do also have a brief cremation versus buried debate, which I'm sure is a debate we've all had with friends and families over the years, by the way. Um, just in case you're interested, I'm definitely a buried man. Um, it, it brings back memories of the Only Fools and Horses line uh, with Dale and Grandad, where um, Grandad says he wants to be uh, cremated and Dale says, we have to wait, they'll be shut right now. Um, Kaylee says, I don't want to wake up dead. Um, so it's the idea of waking up in the coffin buried underground and you're actually alive. And I know that is uh, how quite a few people feel. Um, but personally, I'd just rather have uh, that than uh, be burnt. But uh, anyway, moving on to more cheer cheerful things. I had a little look at the um, some of the lyrics from Never Forget, that epic Take That song. And um, I, found, <laughs> I found it quite amusing, really, for a uh, funeral song. Um, kind of imagining, let's imagine for a moment that... Um, there is a heaven. Let's, I don't want to get into a religious debate, but let's just imagine there is some or some form of afterlife where you can look back on, you actually look at your funeral live, you know, live on Sky Sports One. It's your funeral, um, and um, let's have a look at and, and see. Okay, what would it be like? So the actual lyrics, I'll never forget. Uh, here are some of them. Safe from the arms of disappointment for so long. I feel each day we've come too far, yet each day seems to make much more. Sure is good to be here. <laughs> and I thought that was quite funny. Sure is good to be here. So you're in heaven or the afterlife. I suppose it's quite nice, isn't it? Um, safe from the arms of disappointment for so long. <sighs> yeah, it, 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 it would certainly raise a smile. Um, I, I, I thought that was very good. Um, funnily enough, Never Forget was the last song in our bops at university and that's for reading my age there they were still called bops in my first year a disco if you like um in the um hall in the halls of residence in like the communal hall bit and that was always the last song of the night so there we go so what song for you guys then um <laughs> a bit of a morbid thought but i suppose it could be uh have some humor to it uh what would be the songs that you would choose for your funeral um would they be happy smiley cry songs as referred to by kaylee um i thought i would choose potentially two actually for very different reasons i hate you so much right now i just thought that'd be very very funny um you know it would it would black humor it would put a smile on people's faces and potentially Agadoo. The idea of everyone um, standing up and singing Agadoo, you've got to laugh, haven't you? Bottom line is, in this life and death, you've got to laugh. Um, it does then, the conversation, it, it does get a bit deep because John, um, we, we realise John's dad has died. And, and actually, not too long ago, work approximately, I, I would make it about seven or eight months ago, died just before Christmas. John was off for a, uh, work for a month, so obviously hit him pretty hard. Guess he was supporting his mum. Seems like potentially his brother isn't quite so... Um, uh, family orientated or as loyal as John perhaps that's the sort of suggestion I think we've got um and uh good point again I think Jamie uh, Pragnall picked up um John says to Kaylee you sign my sympathy card um two things stick out here so we wondered didn't we in the first podcast how big the supermarket was and 
you know, have their paths cross much? Wouldn't you have expected their paths to cross more before the car share scheme? Um, but the very fact that Kaylee signed the card would suggest they have had some contact. Now, I do know that in some offices and some places, cards get um, passed around and half the time people don't even know what they're writing or, the, or what the person is celebrating, why they're writing the card. Um, but nonetheless, you know, I, 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 that would suggest to me that, they've, that they, they would have had some contact before the car share scheme started. And the other thing that uh, I thought was really uh, insightful, um, John remembers that Kaylee wrote in the sympathy card. So did he possibly have a bit of a crush on her before? Did he want to get to know her before? It's not necessarily the sort of thing you would remember, is it? I mean, for potentially 20, 30, 40 people, potentially written in a sympathy card, and normally it's, you know, a couple of words, sorry for your loss, uh, lots of love, whatever it may be. I just, yeah, I thought that was uh, really, really interesting. Kaylee obviously cares. He asks, uh, uh, she asks a bit about uh, John's dad, and he explains it had been ill for ages, but it was still shit. Kaylee asks what was wrong with him, and John just says everything. Um, and uh, it again, John makes a good point. He says it's all right, but it's not all right. Why do people always say it's all right when it's not all right? And I suppose that's just human nature is our way of coping. We do get um, some comedy back. Um, I thought this was brilliant. Um, Kaylee says that for her grandma's funeral, um, she got it for her work, and her mum got reward points um, and got a new sun lounger with it. <laughs> And uh, John very wittily says, again, this is great, clever writing, every cloud. Obviously referring to the phrase every cloud as a silver lining, but it's especially pertinent because sun lounger, cloud, really, really clever writing. And again here, she goes to touch him again, uh, almost, you know, in comfort, if you like. So I, once again, another little touch. She loves a little touch of John. She's obviously an affectionate person, but it is a clear sign that um, she... Uh, is very fond, to put it mildly, of John, even at this stage. Um, he laughs it off uh, and sort of, you know, again refers to bloody dogging. Um, and then he explains that a mix-up with songs at his dad's funeral. They they played the wrong song from a CD and they played Dizzy. Uh, Kaylee says, what, Dizzy Rascal? And John says, no, no, Dizzy, as in the song. And he starts singing it. Um, dizzy, you're making me so dizzy, my head is spinning. My God, seriously, I'm not going to get any listeners with this singing. Stop it, John. Um, yeah, very amusing, that. Um, obviously, a very cheerful song. So the idea of Dizzy coming on, um, I, I thought it was very funny. And, and to be fair, yeah, it's a mix-up. But you know what? I think that um, for a lot of people, it would bring a, a nice comedic relief to a very sad situation. So we then uh, get to the supermarket. We see Ted's coffin being carried on trolleys. Um John talks about having to do a new tr trolley safety policy and uh, John guesses the year right again. Uh, we do get great indicators, don't we, that he's very clever on his music. He guesses the uh, year on the radio correct and uh, the song Stiltskin, uh, a rock classic, is, is playing on and uh, John and Kaylee, as they pull in, are asking themselves, well, who's going to collect the trolleys now? It's almost as if, well, are they definitely going to know who it is? They're going to pick someone from within the supermarket. Um, and uh, we find out quickly it's Barbara's lad, back from uni, I think it was. And of course, we're introduced, we see him for the first time, uh, the new trolley man, and uh, he's a uh, very uh, good-looking uh, guy in, in very well-kept condition, not wearing a lot of clothes. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, Kaylee just looks as if she's dribbling, basically. Um, she quickly uh, has a crush on him. I think it's very clear to say, and John just quickly tells her to get out. Interesting, you know, again, I think Jamie Fragnall mentioned it. A bit of jealousy, possibly. He says, John, John says, got to get out in a fairly light-hearted way. But nonetheless, uh, you do wonder if that's a little bit of jealousy. So that takes us up to half-time. I'm a bit of a football fan, so I always refer to it as um, half-time. Um, that's the first part. And uh, I did a little feature uh, in podcast one, which I'm now going to carry on. Um, hope you like it. And it's basically imagining... Uh, what happened during that working day while they were both at work because of course each episode uh, has them driving to work and then driving back but on each pod I want to uh, imagine a scene write a little scene for you guys in terms of what I think happened um, during that day while they were both in work so here goes 
Fantasy time indeed then. So my imaginary scene for this episode. Well, I think they've arranged a little buffet, memorial thing, if you like, in the staff canteen for Ted. There's a little book of memory set up, but it's one of those old-fashioned exercise books. Um, You know, not a lot of money has been spent on it. Um, And it's got a little Bic biro. So it's very sort of old-fashioned, just this old exercise book and uh, a Bic biro there in the corner. And people are just writing their little comments in there. Now, they had a little collection for a little buffet um, as controversially management wouldn't put up the money for a a proper spread. Uh, Kaylee criticises John for this and says, you know, they could have been having volivants instead of spam sarnies. Um, And uh, Kaylee comments, you know, it's not a dignified buffet for a champion bouncer. Now, they speak to Barbara. Uh, Barbara is a very tall lady. I'm kind of thinking um, David Walliams in drag. Um, And um, they quickly talk to her and sort of ask how her son is settling in. And Barbara says, oh, he'll be fine, but he's very shy, you know, finds it hard to find friends. Kaylee, of course, would respond by saying she finds that very hard to believe. Barbara would ask them to both make an effort to make him feel welcome. John says, oh, I don't doubt Kaylee will do that, okay. What's his favourite animal? Cougar? Kaylee would quickly change the subject. Yes, don't worry, we'll look out for him. Barbara responds by saying, oh, he will be touched. John fights back the laughter as Kaylee changes the subject and asks Barbara for a fondest memory of Ted. Barbara bursts then into tears and says, He just wouldn't open up about his true feelings. We were only mates. That's as far as it went, even though we had a big connection. And the reason I think that's really pertinent is, obviously for Ted and, you know, sort of uh, perhaps the love that never was. But the reason I'm imagining this scene at this point is that, again, it's just planting that seed in John and Katie's minds. Um, is that the way that they're going to go? Because, of course, there's a long time as the series goes on where it's a love that dare not speak its name. Will they, won't they? You know, the classic comedy scenario. And, yeah, I just think that that would be really good at that point. Make John and Kaylee just have a little thought, you know, could that be them? Who knows? So there we are, the scene that never was in episode two, series one of Car Share, written by John Lush. Never going to be aired. So another little feature that I tried um, last week on the first podcast, which I will continue to do, is take a minor character um, and uh, talk a bit about them and uh, what what their life was, what their life is, a bit about their personality, obviously using my imagination. And uh, hopefully you will never look at that character again in the same way. Uh, With this particular episode, uh, we did Ted last week. Going to do another old chap. Uh, this week, it has to be Dogger Extraordinaire himself, Ken. Let's find out all about Ken. So, who is he? Who is Ken? Well, he was born in Preston. He left school at 14. He became a mechanic. His dad was an MP. He was a real Romeo when young. He was a part time poet and could play the guitar. So, he was an all round talent. Unfortunately, he had a bad accident in his 20s and suffered from PTSD. His wife left him. He wanted a quieter life and worked at a garden centre. He met a lady after a long time single in his 50s. She was younger at 39 and they had a baby and later, grand, and later grandkids, which had always been his pleasure in later life. He volunteered at a dog uh, respite centre when partner died suddenly a couple of years ago. He remains upbeat due to his dog and leading the neighbourhood watch in the area. He was touched at his recent birthday when the neighbours clubbed together to pay for him to have Sky TV for a year and it's changed his life. Dare I suggest it changed his life because he had access to adult channels which could fuel his dogging ambitions. There we are. That's Ken. God bless him. So part two begins with Kaylee standing with a trolley with just a bottle of bleach in it. Obviously an excuse to hopefully engage with the new trolley guy, Barbara's son. Uh, All Rise by Blue is playing on the radio and uh, Jamie Pragnall again in his episode review suggests maybe this is a euphemism. Um, because, uh, you know, when we're looking at this great hunk of a man, uh, perhaps a lot of people uh, rise to the occasion. There we go. Disgusting. On sight of him, John says, that's outrageous. Where is Where is this? tie made me really think how many trolley people have you seen that wear a tie 
Um, they talk about Ted's funeral, um, the flowers uh, that were left that people were trying to buy randomly. Uh, and apparently Joyce, I think I think it's referred, referred to as Joyce on Teals, rang through for a price but couldn't find one. So he put it through as Cress. Quite simply why. It's one of those oddities uh, that makes car share brilliant though, isn't it? Uh, those little comments like that and little observations. And then comes, for me, probably my favourite, I'm going to put it out there, my favourite radio advert of Car Shed. There's so many funny radio adverts throughout the uh, couple of series, but this one for me is absolutely brilliant. I'm not going to say anything, let's just have a little listen. The sausage is a sausage the whole family can enjoy, made with all our own natural ingredients, so you know exactly what you're getting. Give your mouth a treat. Try some of Ken's meat. Ken Bambas. That's just out and out palm. <laughs> Love it. Give your mouth a treat. Out and out porn. Absolutely fantastic. Um, so we quickly move on um, to um, this episode's music video, uh, which is True Colours, with Kaylee wearing various wild outfits, including a massive hat. Look like Elton, something Elton John would wear, I would suggest. There's a brilliant um, scene um, within this music video which I had never noticed before. Uh, I'm kind of hoping, I know a lot of you listening will be diehard fans, you probably have noticed, but I'm kind of hoping perhaps one or two of you listening haven't, um, and it'd be a shock for you, and you can go back and watch it. Jamie Pragnall, again, did a, did a fantastic job in reviewing this episode, um, did observe this, and that is um, Ted, old Ted, deceased Ted, R.I.P., uh, playing a, a shovel as a guitar in the background. And uh, again, really clever attention to detail in the writing because John had previously referred to the fact that his snow shovel still had a price tag on it. And if you actually look carefully on this music video for True Colours, you can actually still see the tag on the shovel. Um, there's a surreal last bit. And again, please tweet me or message me. Let me know if you know the, the answer to this. I might be being really naive and stupid, which is, as my wife will tell you, happens quite a lot. Um, the last scene of the music video is an old, what, what can I describe as an old lady sitting on a mechanical toy elephant pouring tea. Yes, I'll say that again. An old lady sitting on a mechanical toy elephant pouring tea. WTF. I, I, I've no idea. I, maybe I'm missing something. Is it something referred to in the series? Please, please put me out of my misery. Let me know. Kaylee then gets in one of her um, moods where she's thinking, <laughs> always dangerous, and she asks John if Ted, if Ted was happy. Does he think that Ted was happy? And John said he seemed to be at a good job, a nice wife, his snow shovel, still bitter. Um, and Kaylee, Kaylee asks John if he's if he's happy by, and he responds by asking the same back. So John's clearly uncomfortable talking about his happiness, if you like, his life. We, we sort of got a bit of that in episode one, although he did start perhaps opening up a little bit about his dad on the way to work in this episode. Um, but Kaylee asks the question for me, which we may often ask ourselves. I don't know whether you guys have. I certainly have. Potentially because of coronavirus this year, uh, this may have given rise to more thoughts like this or, or certainly will do in the next month few months and years don't you ever just fancy packing it all in and going backpacking absolutely um Kaylee I mean she she's naive at times isn't she her character but she's clearly quite smart she's quite clearly quite switched on um I think she's got a bit of ambition um, I don't think she's necessarily satisfied with her um, sort of position at the supermarket. And absolutely no uh, disrespect to anyone working in the supermarket whatsoever. I've worked in one myself. Um, but of course, perhaps, you know, it's not the most well paid. It's not the most glamorous of jobs, perhaps. So um, perhaps she feels like she hasn't um, quite sort of fulfilled what she could have done. But ultimately, the more I think about it, and again, this is a potentially a bit of a stone age old-fashioned notion nothing wrong or right with this um a lot of women have got hugely successful careers these days where perhaps more in the past it was more about 
having a family uh, uh, and being a full-time mum. But it does seem to be, uh, and again, let me know if you disagree with me, but it does seem to me that that's what Kaylee basically has always wanted. Um, she just wants a couple of kids and a simple life. So perhaps actually her ambitions are pretty limited, but she, she's probably certainly not overly happy herself at the moment because she hasn't got a man and she's probably in a job that... She has a bit of a gossip with, it's okay, it's reasonable hours, it pays the bills, but it's it, it's not the most exciting. John's response, Mr. Sensible, is quite uh, quite uh, to the point back. Are you on glue? Um, I, can't, I don't think you would hear that phrase so much now, would you? And I keep, I keep saying now as if car share was decades ago, it wasn't, but are you on glue, again, is a, 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 a reference to um, people sniffing glue. Um, which was more of a 70s and 80s thing, I'm thinking. I don't know if any of you watched the film Airplane, for example, but um, I think one of the comments in that film is, uh, oh, it looks like I picked the wrong week to to, to quit sniffing glue, and uh, the guy just putting glue up his nose. Not such a thing now. Our Class A drugs and stuff have moved on since then. Kaylee explains that she's lonely. She has lovely family and friends, but all she wants to do is meet the man of her dreams, and have babies. There we go. John tries to be positive at this point and says, well, that's why you're doing the online dating. But Katie's clearly impatient and says, but when? When am I going to crack the case with online dating? John then reveals perhaps what he really thinks about relationships and, and rushing things and timings when he sort of says, well, if it's meant to be, it will be. Perhaps that shows why he has that relaxed attitude throughout the series to his blossoming relationship with Kaylee. Perhaps he kind of knows that he wants to do something. There is a connection, but he's got that relaxed attitude of K Sarah Sarah. Kelly asks John um, again if he's happy and he laughs it off. Um, he just doesn't really want to entertain that conversation. John says he doesn't get lonely and then not, not everyone needs someone to be with. He says women come and go. But to me, that suggests he's had lots of women. Again, I think there was just a hint. I just speculated in the first part that perhaps John had been more of a Romeo than we'd given him credit for. But to make that comment, women come and go, do you not think that suggests he has had quite a few girlfriends? Perhaps some casual, uh, rather than necessarily longer term. Perhaps he's a bit of a player, is our John. Who knows? Controversial thinking, maybe. Of course, by that simple phrase, women come and go, it straight away entered my mind. Uh, the song by the cause, uh, Dreams. Uh, and you see what I've just done there? I said cause. And this is what got Kaylee into trouble with John. Because Kaylee starts singing it. And uh, when Kaylee says, oh, I love the cause, you don't hear much from them these days or something like that. John says, wash your mouth out. That's Fleetwood Mac. Um, and John goes on to say that Rumours by Fleetwood Mac is one of his best albums, you know, one of the best albums of all time. And John says that he will burn her a copy tonight. Two things I would say. Um, for want to not to repeat myself, but again, the idea of burning a copy of music is very Stone Age. Uh, but secondly, it's kind of romantic because that's the kind of thing that people do when they were courting. Um, going out in the old days, uh, you know, you would burn a tape, make a mixtape even, and we're talking not you know, 15, 20 years ago plus. Kaylee then reveals to us that her favourite album is Now 48. It reminds her of the summer she worked in River Island. Now I thought, okay, well, how old would that make her? Now, in first episode, she said she's 36. I did a little bit of research on your behalf. And Now 48 was released in 2001. Uh, Car Share first series was in 2015. So that would have made Kaylee 22. So again, perhaps that tells you a little bit uh, about sort of the direction that her career went in, went into retail quite early. I thought I'm going to have to have a little look at Now 48 and uh, sort of see what songs were around at the time. Two of my favourites. I'll give you a very mini album review here. Marty McCutcheon. Yes, she did a song. YouTube it, and Bob the Builder. I think that tells you about how classy now 48 really is. Um, they end up talking about pets. This is inspired by Radio Talk. Uh, John tells the story about uh, uh, his dog, uh, obviously now dead dog, having his dick half bitten off. And he says that him, and I think it's his brother, went to put him into a Walker's Crisp box and uh, to take him to the pet cemetery. 
It just made me think, I don't know about you, but those walkers, those boxes of walkers crisps, I mean, I know you, they, they could be fairly large, but not that large. How big's the dog? Is it a Shih Tzu? Um, Kaylee then says that Misty is a house dog and that Ken pops around at lunchtime. John is astounded by this. He can't believe that she's given him a key. <sighs> Question, is he jealous again? Probably of an old man, doubtful. Um, perhaps is he worried about our welfare, you know, giving um, giving someone a, 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 a key to your house? Uh, John suggests that he will be raiding her knickers jaw and dancing around with um, her knickers on his head. Um, and uh, this made me think, imagine that. Imagine uh, Ken, who we get to see in the flesh shortly, um, dancing around uh, Kaylee's house with her underwear on. And you know what? As a little present to you, I thought, close your eyes for 30 seconds, picture that, and let's give you a bit of music to help you. Admit it, you loved that just a little bit, didn't you? No, no, probably not. Um, okay, so we now uh, head towards the second uh, dogging scene of the episode. Um, absolute gold. Um, so basically, um, she's fed up at this stage of John. Um, keep referring back to the uh, the dogging clangor, if you like, in uh, the first part in on their drive to work. So he asks... So she asks him to pull over. And uh, what happens in the next minute and a half is pure comedy gold. Right, pull over now. What? Just pull over here, quick. Why, right, what's up? Oh, come on, I was only having a laugh. Excuse me. Yeah, you, excuse me, have you got a minute? Do you know him? Who is it? Hello. Oh, you're beautiful, aren't you? You're Beautiful. How old is she? She's just six months. Oh. Bloody handful, I can tell you. Oh. Um, listen, would you mind settling an argument for us? Go on. Would you describe yourself as a dogger? Oh, sorry, bud. You don't mean any offence. Don't listen. It's a wind-up. No, no, not at all. Not at all. Oh, God. So why do you ask? Are you both, um, doggers? Well, I am. He just thinks I'm some kind of weirdo. <laughs> Most natural thing in the world. Yeah. I've done it for years. I met the wife. And where do you uh, where do you do your dogging, mate? To be honest, best place I've found the industrial estate after dark. Uh -huh. Need to keep your wits about you. Yeah. Yeah. Are you uh, looking for a mate to go dogging with? Me and a wife would love the company. Yeah, I don't see why not. Be lovely. See, told you. He doesn't understand the joys of dogging. Well, he's clearly never fucked in front of a crowd, has he, Flower? Right, drive on. Absolutely brilliant. Now, it does make me think, though, doesn't it? Um, why hasn't she believed John? Wouldn't you have Googled it at lunchtime? I don't know. But obviously, sitcoms don't work in the real world, do they? Because if they did, it wouldn't necessarily be so funny. But it does make me wonder. I mean, why hasn't she got faith? She must be very naive. She hasn't got a faith that John's actually telling the truth. She, she can't believe it. But wouldn't you have said something to maybe Diane on foods at lunch, maybe? Mind you, she's not uh, a good gospel of any knowledge, is she? What are the chances of bumping into a real dogger? How, what population percentage dog <laughs> go dogging? I'm not going to do a Twitter poll on that. I think it's just nasty. I'm not going to ask you to, to tell me either. I don't want to do any random samples or polls of uh, monkeys and dogging listeners because, um, yeah, it might not, not end in a good way. But, yeah, um, <laughs> this, this stranger saying that it's how he met his wife as well. So what sort of open relationship is this? How do they get chatting after meeting at dogging? You know, oh, let's go for a, a nice drink and take things slowly and go through the normal dating process, you know, kiss at the end of date one maybe um you know a sn proper snog in date two it's not going to work like that when you just met someone dogging is it um <laughs> weird how my imagination works as well but if that's the case and you've met in that way what do you tell people when they ask you at dinner parties how did you meet do you tell the truth um 
anyway, to random random thoughts. Um, it then moves on, um, and they start talking about uh, Ted again. And John tells Kaylee of a trolley scheme at work, and he's very proud of himself. John has got a huge smile, on, you know, on his face. He's very proud that he came up with a great name for this new trolley um, safety policy, trolley education. Uh, and he says, "Do you know what we call it? Ted Trolley Education. Brilliant." Very touching. So they pull up at home. It's a nice summer's evening and they talk about their plans for the evening. And John says, I'm going to, to mum's. I'm doing some stonewash cladding. And after I've dropped off at Zumba and Kaylee says, ah, I go to a class too. And she said, oh, it's really good value for money. And you get your cholesterol test done by this man. And John says, well, is he trained? Is he an expert? And uh, this is brilliant. I don't know how many, again, showing age of uh, of me and potentially you guys. I don't know how many of you guys remember this. But um, she just simply says, well, he, he got a pack off Flora. <laughs> as if that makes him an expert. Obviously, Flora uh, have done cholesterol stuff for years and years as part of their advertising. Um, so, Ken... We then get to meet Ken. I know you've had him in your head wearing thongs and what have you in the last few minutes, but the real Ken from next door comes up the road and Ken's obviously very keen to meet John. Now, this makes me think um, Kaylee has obviously spoken fondly of him. Yeah, because uh, uh, Ken's very keen to meet him. He bends his head in the car and shakes his hand and John says, come in, why don't you? Hell of a grip there, he says, bet you need that. And uh, of course, Ken then just turns around and says, do you fancy coming dogging again, Kaylee? And John is just in stitches of laughter, especially with Peter Kay. I don't know about you, but watching people crack up with laughter makes me laugh. But Peter Kay in particular just pulls it off. And <laughs> Kaylee says, I think we need to have a chat, Kenneth. I love the fact that she uses this full name, Kenneth. You know, like when your mum does when you're young. You know, if you're in trouble and you're a Matt, then it's Matthew. Uh, if you're an Andy, it's Andrew. I think that's just brilliant. And it's my favourite ending, I think, of Car Share, uh, of an episode of Car Share, because John is just so happy. Um, he drives off laughing, going, go on again. Uh, and it's just class. It, it's a warm episode. Do you know what? It's got some thoughtful moments in there. There are some sort of relatively darker moments talking about death and, um, and, and, and whether they're happy in life. Um, but there's also some fantastically funny moments in it. I think it's brilliant. I hope you've enjoyed the review of it as much as me. Um, as I said, um, shout out again for all the people that have um, supported this pod so far. Really means a lot. Please keep sharing. Um, third episode, I'm going to start thinking about that shortly. And I've got uh, some special guests lined up. Really want to get you involved. Please message me. Please let me know if you want to come on uh, and record a pod or at least contribute some ideas like Jamie did so well this, this week. Um, really want to hear from you. Stay safe, everyone. Uh, keep laughing. And uh, yeah, look forward to uh, hopefully hearing from more of you and uh, speak to you soon. Take care. And uh, I'm going to uh, finish here with a song which hopefully will put more of a smile on your face. Take care all.